Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to I Don't Get It, the pop culture get off my lawn cast, where two guys in their early 40s take a look at some of the latest trends in entertainment and they possibly declare, I do not understand this. What in God's name is wrong with the world these days? Or maybe if they're lucky, they get to say, wow, there is hope for some humanity after all. I am your co-host. My name is Noah Tarno. I am the founder and senior quiz master of The Big Quiz Thing, the live trivia spectacular. And with me, as always, is filmmaker, podcaster, and admitter of his own limitations, Mr. Bill Scurry. How you doing there, buddy? I just came from admitting some limitations in front of a large crowd. <laughs> what a coincidence. So today we are looking at something that I had never heard of till you suggested it as the latest topic of our podcast. And I've since discovered it is not ubiquitous in our culture these days. Death Note, straight Death from Note. Japan, started as a manga series. Manga, of course, Japanese style of comic books in uh, 2003, written by Sugumi Oba, which apparently is a pen name for someone whose real identity is a mystery. Ooh. Oh. And illustrated by Takeshi Obata. Uh, first serialized between 03 and 06, then collected in manga the books, 30 million copies in circulation. It was voted the 10th best manga of all time in a poll by Japan's Ministry of Culture. Their government polls people on manga. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> yes, Obata good. was nominated for Best Artist for an Eisner Award when it came to the U.S. And it was adopted into an anime uh, series that aired in 06 and 07, later came to the U.S. on Adult Swim, and it is now available on both Hulu and Netflix. The franchise has spun off video games, novels, three live-action films in Japan, a TV drama in Japan, a musical. And this summer, it comes to Netflix, an American adaptation set in Seattle, Washington, which has inspired some controversy because people claim it has been whitewashed. It comes from Japan, but this story, the characters will be played by Americans and not Asian Americans. Some controversy, it has inspired some bands in American schools. Some kids have, inspired by it, have written uh, their own death notes, which not to get too much in the plot just yet, but lists of people they want killed, um, including George W. Bush and Justin Bieber. Bill, you told me about this. We wanted to do something from the anime world. So you said, I heard about Death Note. It's coming to Netflix. Let's do Death Note. So I started watching Death Note. Then I realized that it started as manga. And it was this huge sensation. And, you know, I still don't know much about it, but why not? Now I know a little. I've watched eight episodes and read a few articles online. Bill Scurry, Death Note. What do you think? Well, I... Uh... I knew something about the footprint of this thing because it's been in the culture for a while and I used to see the uh, uh, the manga from I think it was Viz or Shonen Jump I forget who published Shonen, it yeah it's Shonen Jump Shonen Jump and they also did the cartoon I and mean, for the purposes of this we're talking about the uh, the anime series which I watched both dubbed and subtitled versions just I mean not of the same episodes but I alternated back and forth to see what the North American voice cast was like and the original Japanese voice cast was like this is a weird property not what I expected at all I think what I was uh, led to believe was the branded imagery. I mean, just to very briefly say what this thing is about, right? So the main character is this kid named Light Yagami and literally his Light. name is Light, I'm assuming. Are there, are there, is that a thing in Japan? Are there people named Light? I don't know. I've never been there. I mean, I, I me maybe either. it's an affectation. Who knows? Yeah. But this kid is a high school student who discovers the titular notebook, the Death Note, which is handed to him by a, a Shinigami, which if a. you know anything about Shinto, and I don't, I looked it up, it's a psychopomp style death god. Not 
not unlike a Japanese Grim Reaper, if you will. Yes. yes. The Shinigami's name is Ryok, uh, and he hands him this book that has the ability to kill anyone whose name and face he knows. And you essentially scribble the name in the book, and it creates a prophecy where it kills him, like a feedback loop. So the series is about the kid's attempts to create and rule a world cleansed of evil where this kid acts as a god. I mean, this topic just spirals out of hand very quickly. It goes from a high school kid who's in class, he's a genius, and he's bored, and it quickly, in the first episode, in the the 25-minute episode, he's making a proclamation to scour the earth of evil. And I don't know of anything that's moved that quickly in a long while. But as a cartoon designed for younger audience, I think you have the freedom to move that quickly. I was impressed by how fast it moved, by how grandiose it was, by the titanic terms which it dealt with, and the uh, embodiment of death being your sort of B character in this one. The Shinigami becomes like his sidekick. It's very weird. Yeah, and if you haven't seen him, the Shinigami is designed a little bit like a Mick Jagger Joker. Um, (laughs) I don't quite know if that's been pulled out of the old, like, Japanese folklore. It is compelling. Like, it's compelling as shit uh, that it's not just a dumb cartoon. The reason why I listened to the Japanese version as much as the American version is because I was curious to see whoever was adapting the series if they took license. Now, I don't speak Japanese, but I thought maybe the uh, translation would be a little different than the dubbing because sometimes the dubbing and the subtitles have different content depending on how florid and poetic uh, the authors want to get. Also, the voice acting in the North American crew is not great. I mean, uh, I'll just say that. It's their pretty standard voice voice actors from Vancouver, so it's not the top of the line, not celebrity voices, they're just professional jobbers who do the um, Japanese anime come over. However, I think the content was pretty much the same in both, and I feel like the language was fairly consistent, so I'm assuming that was the spirit in which it was intended in the original Japanese version, you know? So, you like it. Generally positive uh, grading from Bill Scurry. Yeah, very impressed and completely Mm -hmm. taken by surprise. I Even though it's this massive property, it was unheralded. I just wrote it off as perhaps being run-of-the-mill Pokemon uh, mm-hmm. uh, Dragon Ball Z type stuff. And it is, it wow, is... we, we really have a limited range of knowledge here. <laughs> well, Dragon Ball Z and, and that kind of stuff is what I'd seen on Cartoon Network yeah. for years. And that was the last gigantic property of, you know, Cowboy Bebop. Some of the stuff, I realize yeah. I'm lumping a lot of it together, which sure, is, sure. doesn't do any of it justice. But yeah, very surprised, very well, impressed. My assessment is very similar. I had low hopes going in. I, am, I know next to nothing about anime and what I've seen I've never enjoyed. The animation style always put me off. You know, I always compared it to like Clutch Cargo. Remember the old (laughs) cartoon, right? Where it would be like a static drawing of a character's face and the mouth would be a human mouth moving. And it's just like the worst possible animation you could ever do. And I always said, why is anime so stiff? And why do all the characters look the same? And why do they all have these ridiculous hairstyles with their hair in their face? And blah, blah, blah. I just, I completely dismissed it. So I watched the first episode of Death Note. Again, not even knowing that it was manga to start with. I watched the first episode and I remember five minutes in going, oh, gods and goth demons and oh, this guy looks just like the Joker and this kid looks like every other anime character I've ever seen. And then 10 minutes in, I was hooked. I think (laughs) this is some grade A storytelling. I mean, I'm still not thrilled with the animation, although it has grown on me. Now that I've watched 10 or 12 episodes, it's grown on me with the, you know, I'm starting to appreciate the nuances of this style, maybe specifically this series or maybe anime in general the ways this is different from western animation and things that make it like it's different methods of storytelling so i'm starting to appreciate that but i think the plot is super 
superb. You know, you mentioned that this main character, Light, is genius. And that is really key here because he basically uses the Death Note as strategically as possible. And he's exper he's killing criminals as a way to experiment, to find the limits of his power and what I can do with it and how I can use it to destroy the world. And really the crux of the plot, which you didn't mention, is they set up as the other main character is this detective, this young detective called L, who is trying to find uh, Light, who's trying to find who's killing all these people. And the, the crux of the story becomes a cat and mouse game between the two of them. It's very complex, very twisty. A lot They keep springing some cliffhangers and surprise twists on you and definitely stuff I don't see coming and stuff I find very satisfying when I'm surprised by it. I think this is just some great storytelling, man. This is some good stuff. And I'm impressed with it. And I'm excited for the Netflix movie. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, there is something to the storytelling because you keep bringing that up. The difference between your American stock wrote storytelling techniques in the 21st century and maybe how they have done things in um, Japan for a while, even if it's the animated market. I mean, the animated market there is huge. And I know for a fact, I know that their cartoons aren't just designed for kids. I know that the, the manga and the anime are both they're watched by everybody. It's general. Yeah, um, but you can say that about our cartoons here too. I mean, come on. Yeah, what percentage of new cartoons here are for adults? I mean, cartoons for adults are designed as comedies. They're outright comedies in America. Like we're still only going to give a prime time right, animation okay. series to you know Bob's Burgers or you know which are all great. But you you're not going to see an animated series in prime time that is your Breaking Bad or something serial. Um, that that's an interesting point. Okay. I, I don't think it couldn't handle it. I just think that again, that's the timidity of uh, right. show business to get into that kind of market. Uh, I only watched four episodes so far. And so I, I'm at this delicious point where things haven't even begun to resolve yet. They're still bringing up the potential. And so it's it's this right. wonderful position of, uh, I still don't know the direction it's going. I know that the characters are on the board, but it hasn't really made its way towards deciding what kind of story it's going to end at yet. Nonetheless, there's this great thing where you literally don't know anything about this character. They don't drop yeah. a suitcase full of backstory story on your foot and expect you to say all right great i'm happy i have this they don't bother no. with that they unfold it as exactly. you need to know it which i find very satisfying especially plots like this that get really twisty and get really complex i always love that because i'm someone who gets very frustrated when i don't understand yeah. something and i'm like no explain it to me lay it out and i always see a sign of good storytelling where they by drips they give it to you but in a way that you're never feeling yeah. at a loss. You're never lacking something you need to enjoy what's in front of you right now. And I feel like they really excel That's at that. Perfect. Here. Yeah. They don't exactly. give you less than you need to get enjoyment out of what you're experiencing and the, at the, the moment. If you felt deprived, it's because it's not done correctly. I'm saying when you come into these instances of a show leaving you in the dark, if the feeling of being in the dark and being disconcerted by that, I feel like is the show not executing the darkness properly. But this show, I feel like the only detail you need to know off the top is that he's really, really good. They show how smart he is, essentially. And so you establish yeah. his mood and you establish his level of intelligence and acuity. They give you the book and then you're off to the races and you fill in the members of his family. There's this yeah. great reveal. I mean, I'm going to I'm gonna spoil it uh, just because I feel like it's yeah. fine. It's not a plot, but it's just another way of doing this technique where it's not until the fourth episode that you realize the chief of police and 
in Tokyo who's investigating all these murders. Yeah. They come home and yeah. it's like, that's his dad. and That's his dad. And that made my jaw drop. I thought that was great the way they revealed that. It's not hinted at. It's not alluded to. It's not even something. Maybe you're, if you're a sharper guy than I am, maybe you expect that to happen because you just see the mom and you see the sibling. There's right. no mention of the dad and there's this guy. And maybe you could have checked that box, but I didn't. I saw it coming and I thought, this is great. It doesn't make the series any worse. I know the kid knows that his dad's in the, I didn't know his dad was the chief of police. And the kid knows his dad is investigating this spate of mysterious executions that come out of nowhere, these supernatural murders. Yeah. So the kid knows, yeah. we don't. And so once again, the lead character knows more than the rest of us. And that's yeah. really yeah. great. And something else that's very unusual, right, is because you have a grim reaper in this show. You got the, the Mick Jagger goblin. And you instantly think he's got to be the embodiment of all that's bad. He's got to be a trickster demon. He's got to be a, a god of mischief. He's got to be yeah. a malevolent persona. And it's actually what, what what you wind up seeing very quickly is that the kid knows more than he. The kid is more clever. He does. Yeah. That's yeah. fucking brilliant. All but, of a sudden, this kid's yeah. this kid's doing things with the Death Note. The goblin's demon is is just agog that, oh, he keeps saying, no one's ever yeah. done that before. No one's ever done that yeah, before. He's like, wow, you're very clever. I've never seen this done. I love the role of the Shinigami. The first episode, I'm like, all right, he found this. He's our protagonist. He's got to fight the demon, blah, 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 blah. No, not at all. There's something very Western in this, in that we've seen the last 10 years, especially with um, marquee television of the anti-hero. You know, your Tony Sopranos, Walter White's, to an extent, Don Draper, where the hero is in many ways morally culpable yeah. and not, you know, the shining knight. And Light Yagami is similar to that, but worse in so many ways. <laughs> so even though he's the protagonist, he's also the villain. He's not, even if he weren't killing people, he's not a likable kid. Yeah, that's true. And, I mean, he's an egomaniac. He's duplicitous. So the demon, you're right, the demon almost becomes more likable than him. The demon, in many ways, is the comic relief, and light manipulates him. But it's all in service of good storytelling because the demon, I, I think I used the term before, sidekick, because often a sidekick's role is expository. It's someone for the protagonist to talk to, and the Shinigami definitely serves that purpose because we have such a twisty-turny plot here, so complex, that we need someone to explain it to. And you said the nice twist is that he's explaining how the Death Note works to the Shinigami, but the Shinigami gave him the Death Note. So we're setting up the protagonist to be even more clever and even smarter, and in many ways, as a result, even less likable. We don't know the rules of this particular mythology. That's, right. This is another weird part. Having watched uh, a bunch of movies from the Pacific Rim lately, I mean, I've, I've seen plenty of, of Japanese uh, drama and horror, and especially Korean. Now, Koreans are exporting a lot of culture, whether it's cartoons or movies, and the Koreans do horror really well. I'm finding that we as Americans are not steeped in sort of pan-Asian folklore. And no, not at all. This, yeah, and there's no reason why we should be. I mean, we know very well our John Milton, our Paradise Losts, our, our biblical-type things. <laughs> yes, we Americans know that very well. We know John Milton. Well, all right, we maybe we too Americans. <laughs> know it very well. Its tradition has filtered down. Yes, I, there may, I'm, I'm there may be right. something to what we're seeing. The job, the role of a Shinigami is not a word we've ever heard before. We both had to go to Google to figure it out. Right. Maybe someone who is Japanese would have more of a cultural grounding of understanding what a Shinigami is and what the rules are. I'm right. assuming they made up the principle of a death note for this, and that doesn't exist anywhere. The Shinigami knows the rules of the death note, so to have him serve as the expositor 
is still not clunky. It still serves a really logical purpose. And so I don't right. I don't just write it off as C-3PO or, or Robin or some character who's just here because he still has a personality. And again, it's it's yeah. just it's fun to watch the Shinigami get flummoxed because you're, you're, yeah, not, used, you're not used to seeing a Grim Reaper be anything other than the guy in control, the last stop. Death note? As in a notebook of death? Hmm. How do you use it? The human whose name is written in this notebook shall die. It's pretty lame. Not to mention twisted. It's really not that different from one of those chain letters you get. Why do you think Death Note has caught on and become a sensation? There is something very gothy about it. Yes. Even though you mentioned it, obviously the goblin monster demon hell Mick Jagger, Willem Dafoe demon is... Uh, <laughs> and Willem Dafoe is playing the, voice, the voice in the Netflix version. Ana- he's doing, Ana- I guess it's it's going to be animated, but he's doing the Shinigami's voice. Yeah, yeah well, he'll be CGI'd, I'm assuming, yeah. I think that there is, you know, an inherent uh, fascination with death and the rules of death. And you have both the goth fascination with the death and you have the god complex of your lead character. And you intimated that just a minute ago is the fact that not only is this sure. kid brilliant, but he also has these delusions of grandeur. Much like... a series like Shazam, for instance, if you want to go back to the old Fawcett Comics character, you had a Depression-era kid who stumbled into a cave and some old wizard gave him a magic word. Once he uttered the magic word, he became Superman in, in, in yeah, so many words. Yeah. And it's <laughs> it's, it's wish... The, the, a court of law decided he didn't become <laughs> Superman. But that's, that's another story. Yeah. But a kid is endowed with this godlike power, and I'm sure yeah. for... It, one of the questions I had was, what age group do you think this thing was built for? 15, 16? Yeah. So Light is 17 years old. They say at one point he's 17 years old. And again, minor spoiler alert, about 10 episodes in, maybe eight episodes in, he enters college. So. Yeah, I think that this almost has a lot of the hallmarks of young adult. You, yeah. know, this, it, you could trend even down to 13. I mean, it, if I was a 13-year-old, I would have enjoyed this a lot because the themes and the execution and the gravity with which it tells the story, it takes it a little seriously. Yes. And so I think that people must really resonate with the idea that, well, what would it be like if so, this is Walter oh, yeah. White? in the guise of a teenage Japanese kid with... Wow, there's your poll quote. (laughs) I'm just going to be the optimist here and say it's quality. If you give the general public a chance to discover quality, they will not only discover it, but they will reward it in a way they they don't tend to reward lower quality stuff. Lower quality, you know, shitty movies sell tickets, sell books, whatever. People didn't just watch The Sopranos. They got HBO just so they could watch The Sopranos. Yeah, exactly. The biggest rock band in history is also the best rock band in history. I honestly think if you give people a chance to discover it and you market it right, people will reward quality. And I am going to be an optimist and say Death Note is an example of that. It's a good story. It presses the buttons of 13, 14, 15, 16-year-old kids. You know, it's the trappings of this anime stuff that has caught on. So it's very easy, I'm sure, for a lot of kids to get in. And the story grips you. It pulls you in. As to your thing, your comparison with Captain Marvel and, you know, the reason kids love superheroes is it's a power fantasy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this definitely plays with that in a novel way. Yeah, I will agree with you on quality. I feel like perhaps it's just as simple as that. And I feel like it's been a long time since we've actually looked at something that we both agreed had a spit shine quality. Yeah. 
uh, a polish rather of quality on it and it could just be as simple as that the uh, budget probably belies the animation style that you were lamenting slightly right, right. the animation is kind of crude and the figure drawing is nice and the lighting and the shading is nice but the the animation the fluidity of, mo- of movement isn't great but i assume that's your standard fare for most cartoons that come out of japan they're right. made on the cheap they're made pretty quickly this one just happens to have a great premise and much like mystery science theater the great premise tends to elevate fairly crude production value which is fine not once did i ever look at it wishing that it was drawn better i was perfectly okay with how it looked it was really you know a sort of pretty package just because it was so entertaining it was so fresh there was something new to it uh, as i watched it i started liking the animation style more because i started realizing that i think what we and many Westerners might view as limited animation and on the cheap, is more stylistic choice. And I started noticing the nuances more, the way the slow pans and things like that. I think it's a conscious, things look this way because that's the style. Um, Now, I've seen a couple anime movies, uh, some uh, Miyazaki. Mm -hmm. I've seen Howl's Moving Castle. And those things are very elaborate. One of the questions I was going to ask you is, are you up on animation from the Pacific Rim? Is this something that you have any... No, I wouldn't say I'm up on it, but I, I have a passing familiarity with it. But I, I just, while it seems limited to me, it grew on me over time. Mm-hmm. And I started noticing the nuances, and I will accept that this is the the Japanese or Asian style, and, you know, it's it's got its strengths and weaknesses the same way, you know, whatever, Pixar or whatever out here has its strengths and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. I also want to say an interesting thought I had watching this. I think this would work well as a radio play. Now, I realize that's a medium that is all but extinct now, or I at least think it is. I mean, maybe they've been replaced by podcasts like Serial or something, but I'm kind of surprised there, are, there must be podcasts that are like radio dramas. I remember early on before I was appreciating the animation more, like this would be just as effective if it were entirely audio. There's no visual. You would have to make only minor changes to the script to have this be something that you could fully follow the plot because there's so much voiceover. There's so much narration. We are frequently hearing Light's internal monologue and we're hearing Elle's internal monologue and we're hearing the Shinigami's internal monologue. Yeah, I, I could see that. In fact, the, the I, I did think that there was a lot of visually interesting cinematic sequences. And yet at the same time, I wasn't bothered by the fact that it was recapitulating what you were seeing with characters' voices. In fact, the scene on the bus, the experiment where the kid's trying to root out who's following him was almost dictated at the same time as it was being shown. If you were just listening to it without seeing it, you would still understand the passage of events and the physicality of guy getting on the bus, guy pulling a gun out, what the guy was saying. All that stuff sort of made sense even without seeing it. So much of the plot is so elaborate. I mean, the rules of the Death Note and how Light um, manipulates those rules to experiment to get what he wants. I mean, it's very complex and and it's very, this is an overused word, but I think it applies here. It's very cerebral. Mm So, again, why is it popular? It makes learning fun. (laughs) No, seriously, it rewards people for creative thought. Yeah, it does what any good drama does, and it pulls you along and entices you along with it, and you care as much about it, and you forgive the show for knowing more than it shows you and parsing out those things at the speed uh, speed of like a a really canny card dealer. And it does 
all those things pretty well. I'm reminded, by the way, of, have you watched Stranger Things? Yeah, yeah I watched it. You didn't love it. I liked Stranger Things. I thought it could have been a little better, but I enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to the next season. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I did enjoy about it was it was very twisty-turny and confusing, but I thought it doled out those morsels of knowledge in a way that it never felt frustrating. Mm-hmm. And I appreciated that about it, and that's, I think, very similar to Death Note. You've taken quite a liking to it. No reason to act surprised. I am the Shinigami Ryuk. That used to be my notebook. Judging by your laughter, you've already figured out that what you have is no ordinary notebook. Would you have liked this if you were that age? If you were the age of delivery, would you have been into this? Yes. I think if I could have gotten past the anime style, which literally I had zero appreciation for until this week. Mm -hmm. You know, if a kid had said, this is awesome, let's watch it. Or if a pretty girl had said, I want to watch this. Yes, I think I would have loved it. Because I would have patted myself on the back for being smart enough to understand it. Because I would have gotten off on the power fantasy. What would I do if I had it? Because I think in some ways as a teenager, I fancied myself a little like Light Yagami. I mean, I was a nicer kid, but I definitely fancied myself a bit as smarter than everyone else. A misconception I have since been relieved of. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think I think I would have really dug it. I don't know if I would have read the manga, but I would have watched the anime, sure. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm old-fashioned about the uh, the manga just because the reading from uh, right to left thing is very disorienting. I could not retrain myself. That's because you're an anti-Semite. <laughs> Oh, that's a deep cut, man. I hope everyone understands yeah. that. Oh, come on. Every Jew listening to us got every that. Every Jew got it, but every... every, uh, yeah. every And you're honorary. You're honorary. Well, the guy might not know that. I, When I was a kid, yeah, I definitely would have loved this. I mean, I was already watching plenty of um, the Miyazakis from our childhood, like Naushika and the Valley of the Wind. And I watched uh, The Appleseed, and I watched Ghost in the Shell, which the adaptation is coming for that as well. It's Everything is sort of right. having its moment right now. And I watched oh, Ninja Scroll. Jesus, Ninja Scroll was great. And wow, so... Yeah. Vampire Hunter D. And these are all movies, not series. Oh, and of course, uh, Akira. You never watched Akira, right? That's, that's I never watched Akira. <sighs> Man, it's it still holds up. I know. I it's know, hardcore. I it's really good. It's just, it's, yeah. it, you know, for cartoon, for anything, it's just good art. It's just a really good piece of art. I don't know if it would have been necessarily the power fantasy so much as just getting the chance to get into something complete. I mean, I never really thought of myself as the death dealer or the uh, interlocutor between the forces of light and, and dark, but I would have liked the complex narrative i would have liked the continuity of it those are the stories when i was 13 14 15 years old i got into if i didn't necessarily need to have a movie i really appreciated the long game of something like this there's a niche inside of me for this uh i'm ready for it and this was nice this felt a little bit like a throwback to get back to um old-fashioned cartoons with uh, a dramatic premise with the heft of something greater than just regular cartoon fare and the japanese tend to excel at this kind of thing i see none of that stuff it always just seemed this foreign world that i didn't really have any interest in mm-hmm. to be honest i've always been a little off put by japanese culture i find it a little to the extent i dip my toe in it i find it a little hard to understand yeah confusing i mean look if i went to japan if i had to immerse myself in it i'm sure i'd find plenty of stuff i liked there's just something about japanese style and japanese culture that i've just really not been able to process well, the guide the guide posts are so different i mean you're talking about yeah. the eastern far eastern culture more or less we developed in vacuums from one another and so other than yeah. the borrowings from you know post perry post the opening of asia navally and however whatever century that was that's the 
beginning of the cultural diffusion between the two, but there's still so much in each. When you watch their movies, you watch the culture, you watch the TV, you listen to the music, you get the impression that this is coming from a very, even though this sounds like a common vocabulary of sounds and light and pictures and stories and characters and motivations, they're coming from very different places. So I, they're based in, yeah, they're based in completely different. Exactly. You know, exactly. you talk about the traditions going back to Milton. Yeah, I mean, look, I joke, no American knows who John Milton is, but we all know the template of battles between good and evil set in Paradise Lost yeah. is trickled down to our modern storytelling. I mean, it becomes the lingua franca of our culture. Mm-hmm. I will say this, you mentioned music. I think the music in Death Note is abominable. <laughs> like, it's so bad. I think that opening theme it's is terrible. The it's awful. It's, I it's the worst. And I, 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 I don't know. It, just, it sounds to me like really shitty American rock and roll. And maybe that's the problem. Maybe there is Japanese rock and roll I've heard that sounds okay. Oh, yeah, it's great Japanese rock. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the stuff I've always heard just sounds to me like badly filtered, bad American rock and roll. But again, I am massively uninformed on this. Would you recommend this to your nephews who I know are yes. hovering yes, around there? absolutely. Yeah? They are 13 years old. They can handle some pretty sophisticated ideas. For their birthday, I gave them two books, 1984 and Of Mice and Men, because I figured they're appropriate in 2017 America. I don't sugarcoat stuff with them. They loved Pokemon when they were little, so I feel like they have more of a foundation in Japanese style than I ever did. I'm going to recommend it to them, absolutely. I think they'd enjoy this. The legend of Kira the Savior. Huh, sounds pretty cool. Is this about you? Yeah, I think they've taken the name Kira from the English word killer. I'm pulling up tons of sites just like this one. The media hasn't picked up on it. The people of the world can already sense that there's something happening. They know there's someone out there passing righteous judgment. Oh? I guess it's possible you could say, I love something, but it is a sign of the apocalypse, right? You know, Yeah, but this I, is I've not been that. seduced like everyone else. But no, this is, this is positive. This is an indication that there is hope for humanity after all, right? There's only one detraction, I'll say, and it has nothing to do with the yeah. series. It's the legacy of the series, because you brought up the Netflix thing, right? And I watched the trailer yeah. for that. You know, the reason why I kicked this to you for this week's episode is because the response to the trailer was pretty large. Um, I didn't. That's what clued me into the fact that this thing still had legs after all these years and that people were still being provoked by a trailer for the claims of whitewashing. Uh, all the above reasons and just thinking that well how could an American version which is a translation of a translation of a translation recapture the spirit of the original and sort of be a worthy sui generis art form the idea of doing an American show where an Anglo character inherits an artifact that makes him feel like he's God and drives him to say I'm going to kill everybody it's no longer in 2017 the wacky premise for a series because I feel like this is the kind of depressing news the uh, drive of the white man to kill everybody and pretend he's God <laughs> seems to be current events more than anything else. You know, L is being played by a, a black guy. Yeah, so Lickie Stanfield. African American, yeah. From Atlanta. That's good casting. Yeah. And I, yeah. that guy was great in Get Out. And I, I think he's great in Atlanta. I'm glad that's the kind of thing that you need to do. But on the other hand, and the director of this thing is a guy named Adam Wingard, who's made a bunch of really sharp movies, including one called Your Next. Really? He directed that? I thought that movie he, was great. I would give the Japanese the license to do that story and if we're having a completely different cultural read because we don't necessarily know I mean there are elements of Japanese culture like the what is it the Shining Truth or was that the Peruvians I forget there are these elements of separatist nutcases in Japan who want to put nerve gas bombs on trains and did so in the 1990s but you don't so much hear about 
the rip from the headlines form of hate or or the kind of weird homicidal tendencies of young men to want to kill people in Japan. I know it happens. I'm not saying it doesn't. But in this country, it seems more of a farcically ridiculous thing that is tragic. And so making a movie about it, it's going to have to be one really fucking good movie, man, to get me over the hump. And I just don't know if this one has, is going to deliver so far. So that's the only, well, the only component I would say we would start to bandy the word apocalypse around. You know, I read a couple articles about people accusing it of whitewashing. The rejoinder to that is, well, we set it in Seattle. You know, if we set it in Japan and we had a white guy playing light, okay, fine. But it's set in Seattle. Why should it necessarily be Japanese? And someone said, well, there are Asian Americans in Seattle. And besides, Asian Americans are underrepresented in Hollywood movies. So that's a fair point. And I don't have a solid opinion on this. I don't know. I think it's a complicated issue. But... If they had cast an Asian-American actor as the light character, you know, an American kid whose parents just happen to be Japanese, would that smack of tokenism, would the fact that it has these kind of hallmarks of Japanese mythology, would that give it a sort of fetishistic kind of thing? And moreover, what are the politics of an Asian-American genius kid killing all these people in the United States? What does that say when the top student at the school is the Asian kid and he goes around killing, presumably, what are largely not Asian-American criminals. That's true. Look, those are all good hypotheses. This is why whitewashing, maybe, maybe it's a problem, but I just think the issue is so complicated and just people yelling back and forth doesn't solve anything. Oh, one other thing. The Shinigami is eating apples in the beginning and (laughs) I know that the... Well, that becomes becomes a motif. That that comes up later again. There's no way it's not borrowing from Judeo-Christian mythology. There's no way it's not borrowing from the Garden of Eden because the apple is so loaded. The opening credit I mean, I know that song is awful and I've started skipping over it, but the imagery in the opening credits, actually, and this is one of the reasons I had low hopes going in, I think is very simplistic. Look at it again. There's a shot where light is Adam touching the hand of God and light has angel wings. I mean, there's some very explicit Judeo-Christian imagery in there that is almost thuddingly simplistic and belies the depth and the complexity of the life and death questions that are in the actual plot. I agree. But I imagine from an Eastern point of view, those come off as just simplistic signifiers that are more hackneyed to us and are a little more novel to them. I mean, they, I would imagine. They know, know them. They're divorced of um, yeah. ecumenical value, but they know them. And, you know, there are so many angels in anime, yes. like feather wings and characters that are called angels. Neon Genesis Evangelion it says it all right there in the name. Those are characters who have this real Christian bent, even though the Japanese aren't Christians. The Japanese are, they're animists, they're ancestor worshippers, they're Shintos, they're, they're Buddhists. Yeah. And yet, uh, there's this real fast and loose kind of borrowing going on with a lot of cultural signifiers and Judeo-Christian's one of them. This is good pop culture, man, because it's a fun, interesting, compelling way into the grand issues of humanity. And I think that uh, we're going to shoot past the last segment because we do not dislike this. It is not based on jealousy. We are on board. No, no jealousy. I think that takes us to the end. So uh, if you guys want to find past episodes of the Hoobastank cast, please look for us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. Tweet to us at Noah and Bill show write to us at noah and bill don't get it at gmail.com and you can visit i don't get it podcast.com i'm am caesar on youtube i am all about the big quiz thing bigquizthing.com uh we do quiz events for corporate and private parties fundraisers nationwide all over the place my own website noatarno.com i am in the midst of the 2017 karaoke marathon singing in excess of 400 karaoke songs in the calendar year 2017 to raise money for the american civil liberties union I think we've crossed over a line. I think we get it. I think we get it. I think we get it. Next time we won't get it, we promise. We make sure not to get it. 
production of American Caesar Enterprises 2017.